you know, there's a million fine looking women in the world, dude, but they don't all bring you lasagna at work. Most of them just watch the greatest movie of all time. Today on the show, Clerks. It's the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie. Come on and hear me now. Greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie. Come on and hear me now. Welcome to the greatest movie of all time, the podcast in which I, your co-host, the berserker, Rick Barrasso. And I, your co-host, the big clerk, Boski. Huss! That's a berserker hmm? reference. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people are going to get that one. Doesn't matter. I don't even think the berserker knows it, that. That's all that matters. There's okay. going to be a couple. Uh, but we're going to watch every single movie ever made. And we're going to help figure out which is the greatest of them all. How are you doing today, Derek? I am doing extraordinary. Extraordinary? Yes. Care to elaborate? No, I just wanted to use a different word this time. Excellent. So Mm -hmm. uh, today, I assure you, we are open as we talk about clerks, but let's take care of some business first. Last week, we had an episode on American History X, and I hesitate to call it a fun episode, but it is definitely worth checking out. Uh, That one, or any of our episodes for that matter, our library is on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, whatever app you use, subscribe, review it if you can. It's extremely helpful for the show, and if you enjoyed it, uh, that one, any of our episodes, if anything else you want us to cover, let us know on social media. We are the greatest movie of all time podcast on Facebook. We're at Great Movie Cast on Twitter. We're at Rick and Rec on Instagram. And you can shoot us an email at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And as our old friend, our old buddy who used to work at the video store attached to our, our, our job, Bruce Wayne, would say, tell your friends about us. But make sure you turn the light on when you go to the bathroom. It's Clerks. Clerks is a 1994, we're back to 1994. Uh, It's an independent comedy directed by Kevin Smith. It stars basically his friends, Brian O'Halloran as Dante, Jeff Anderson as Randall, Marilyn Giglotti as Veronica, Lisa Spoonauer as Caitlin, Jason Mewes as Jay, and of course, Kevin Smith himself as Silent Bob. It made $3.2 million on a $28,000 budget. It's got a 7.7 on the Internet Movie Database, a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 70% on Metacritic. Ebert, he liked it. Three out of four, he says, Clerks is so utterly authentic that its heroes have never heard of their generation, which is a a generation, actually. Uh, (laughs) Kenneth Turin of the LA Times says, Clerks is unapologetically rough and even ragged at times, but its lack of circumspection turns out to be its charm. For a negative one, Hal Hinson of the Washington Post says, amateurishly acted, clumsily edited, and slapped together out of what looks like surveillance camera footage. The thing bumps along not so much on talent as on, as on audacity. Which coincidentally is the 
software we used to edit these episodes. So Derek. I mean, you do. Yes. <laughs> Derek, when, uh, when did you first see Clerks? Uh, I think I saw it, I want to say maybe like three or four years ago for the first time. And just recently was my second time watching it. So I'm pretty, pretty newish to this movie. Um, there's a few other Kevin Smith movies that I'm, I'm much more familiar with. Um, for instance, uh, Zach and Mary make a porno was me, one of me and Gia's favorite movies together. Um, and there's a few other ones that we like a lot. Um, this one, I think when I was younger, I thought, I remember hearing like clerks and mall rats, but I, I, I didn't know what they were. I just knew people talked about them, but, um, yeah, only twice. So this is, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a baby when it comes to this movie. Yeah. Um. Uh... This definitely was a movie we, you know, some friends and I would really like in, in high school, we'd go to, you know, in sort of the last days of Blockbuster, I guess, would go and just rent the uh, the five original View Askew Universe, Jane Silent Bob movies. So I, I saw this one a lot in high school, uh, you know, as well as Mall Rats and, uh, you know, chasing Amy and Dogma and Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. So this is definitely a uh, bit of a nostalgic movie for me. I love the like the attitude of this movie. I think that's what you know. Even some of the reviews where it's just like it is very authentic. You know, I think that's the best word for it. Interesting. But we'll we'll get more into it. Sure. Will. Um, let's talk about what happens in this movie. Derek, have you picked out a song? You know, Rick, I think I'm just going to do a timer for this one. Um, right. kinda, I'm kind of moving away from the songs a little bit. Okay. But we'll, but we'll see if I jump back into them. I'm just going to do a song today. Uh, sure. I mean, uh, just a timer today. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 get that set up. All right. Here we go. Five. I'll give you five seconds. Wow. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Dante Hicks is called into work at a convenience store on a day when you're supposed to have a street hockey game. He and his ne'er-do-well friend Randall, who works in the joint video store, deal with a parade of awful customers, two drug dealers, Jane Silent Bob, who do business outside the store, and Dante's love life, which is divided between Veronica, his current girlfriend, and Caitlin, his ex, who may or may not be engaged to another man. Dante eventually chooses Veronica after Caitlin accidentally have sex, has sex with a corpse in the store's bathroom, but Randall had an attempt to help Dante broken up with Veronica on his behalf already. Okay, 29 seconds. That's it done. Excellent. So let's talk about our three favorite scenes in the movie as we do each week. Derek, what's your number three scene? Uh, I would say my number three favorite scene is uh, the cigarette the, the, the cigarette scene. Um, it, it's it's it, it doesn't you don't really see it coming, but this guy like seems to be like caring about people who are buying cigarettes, and he's like you know, this is really bad for you and all this stuff. And it builds and builds and builds. And finally, you know, you get to the point where you're like, he's a gum salesman. <laughs> and it was like, oh, okay. He's a piece of shit. He doesn't care about anybody but himself. Um, but it, it, it's just a funny scene. It, you don't really expect it, especially the first time you see it. Because I, when I had seen it, I kind of forgot everything about it. I just knew what it was about. I hadn't remembered any of the scenes or anything from it. So I was like kind of watching it again. It's like a refresh. And Gio kind of was too. We were both sitting there watching it together like, these are the scenes were like new to us. So we were, you know, laughing at that scene, uh, you know, pretty frequently. So that's, that's my number three. Yeah. Uh, love that scene. So this, this is very, I feel like it's both very easy and very difficult to pick out scenes because it's, it, it's like, there's no crazy like action scenes. It's very much like of its time. Right. Where it's just like people hanging out. 
And that's why I think it is authentic. Like that's, this movie is like a lot of what Kevin Smith's personality was at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so he was just like, I'm probably never going to, it be, I'm never going to get to make a movie again. So he thought, so it's like, I'm just going to put all of myself uh, into this. Right. Uh, but uh, for my number three, and this is again, you know, scenes that it's kind of a time, it's all the Jane Silent Bob stuff, like the little like interspersed, like little tiny scenes. Yep. If I had to pick my favorite one, it's probably the Berserker scene. Where the the like the Russian cousin is like, would you like to make some fuck berserker? Mm-hmm. It just it just gets me every time. Gotcha. Like, you just say, would you like to make some fuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I you know, it's, I, again, I, like I said, I'm a baby to this movie, so there's some things I don't remember from it. Um, but I, I'd have to go back and check out that scene because it, it could have just like went over my head and like maybe I was staring at the screen not like, comprehending that scene. <laughs> Uh, so what's your number two scene? Uh, my number two scene is, um, I think Silent Bob, just him talking is great. And you had done this in the intro. Um, it's a great line because it's, I think it's the most genuine line in the entire movie. It's like, it just comes from the heart and it's real. Um, and I, you know, I do have problems with this movie that I'll go over in a bit, but this was the line that I was like, okay, that's good. This is his first time talking and he's basically like, you know, there's some fine women in this world, but they don't bring you lasagna at work. And I just think that was like, I don't know. He doesn't talk at all. And that's the one thing he has to say. And I just think that's so quirky and fun. And it's very Kevin Smith. And uh, so that's my number two. Yeah, that that definitely starts the uh, kind of Silent Bob has the the line in every movie that kind of like sums it up. Yep. And all the, you know, specifically in like, you know, they fucking name chasing amy after the silent bob line so mm-hmm. uh love silent bob one of my one of my favorite characters yeah um my number two scene is the uh very kind of like iconic i guess in some ways the 37 dicks in a row scene yeah yeah yeah. and it's you know it's talking about you know, it's it's Dante's kind of dealing with his girlfriend's sexual past and the kind of like disagree and like how prescient is this of like a couple of years later, we'd get be like Bill Clinton kind of being like, no, oral sex isn't sex. Right. Like we had this we had this same conversation on a national level. Right. Yep. And it was like, I mean, that was Bill's only defense. Well, that just depends on, well, you know, you know what his, his actual defense was. No, right, right. But I mean, like, I feel like it was him being nervous and being like, well, 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 what's not really this? Hey, man, it's Clerks. (laughs) Didn't you, you, me and Hill Dog watch that movie? You say Hill Dog? Uh, Hill Dog, that's what I call her. Hill Dog. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so it's, it's funny because it does show to me. I mean, it's it, it, a lot of these jokes are in like how you take them. And, you know, I feel like when I was younger and I, I'd have to, you know, I'm sure Kevin Smith has talked about it because there is probably more audio of Kevin Smith on the internet than any single human being besides maybe like Adam Carolla or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure at some point he's talked about it and like what his intention was. But this, when I was younger, I was kind of like, 
oh, like the joke is on her. Like she's a slut. She's this, she's that. And then as I got older, it was like, oh, no, no, no. The joke is on him because he like can't get past his own bullshit to like appreciate her, even though like everyone has a past. Uh, Yeah, but that's a lot of dicks. I mean, only if it's in a row. I still 37. That's I mean, 30, 36 before him. If if I if I had found that out, I I, I don't know if I, I wouldn't be able to handle it. I mean, hey, you know, I mean, that's, I, that's I'm, not, extru- I'm not judging. That's like, I am judging. That is extremely loose. Judging. That's very, very, very loose. And it's like, well, she didn't have sex with them. Oh, OK. You're right. Yeah, because that's there's so much different. I feel like it's actually I think I think I think it's actually dirtier and more it's a little bit more sleep I that that would not you think giving out 37 blowjobs to 37 different guys and probably some of them multiple that's not disgusting to you every every no everyone has a past as long as like Uh, as long as there's no like diseases involved like who cares I I think that's a little much but okay well, you'll, Rick will go on record that he doesn't mind 37 dicks, and uh, I'll say that I don't like it. I mean, it'd be a lot for me. I mean, like personally, to suck one, 37 dicks would be like a lot, be a lot more than like I'd expect, like someone would expect me to have sucked as a zero, straight man. Zero dicks is too much for me. Even thinking about it is too much for me. I mean, I have a, I, I definitely have a gag reflex. I don't know. I, why do, I, have, a, I have a bad gag. I'd make a terrible gay man. Same, sorry. S- same, I'm sorry, I, fellas. Same yeah. here. And like, I think every man has thought about it once just because you have to just be like, would I be good at that? No, I definitely wouldn't be. I'd be, t- I'd be terrible. I can't, like, yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 I go on record to say I, I'd probably, me and Rick are right, right there, neck and neck is like the worst blowjob givers of all time. Probably. I, yeah, my, my gag, I have a very sensitive gag reflex. I can't sorry, believe boys. it took, it took us. In like the, in the the seventies, we, we're we're in like way up in the seventies as far as our episode number goes. I believe this is, it's, I believe this is 74. 74. It took us seventy four yeah. episodes to finally talk about this. <laughs> finally, talk about whether or not we could suck a dick. <laughs> and the answer is no. No, it's not. It's not happening. Well, anyway. All right. <laughs> if, if listen, if one of you out there has sucked thirty six, seven, or more dicks, we're not judging you. I'm not judging you. Derek is a little bit. I'm judging you. I think that's that's perfectly fine as long as you're safe and you trust the people. No, and, that's, and that's, that's fine. That's that's messed up. I hope you're not safe. I mean, well, look at it from the other side. If you talk to some like a, a man who has had sex with 37 women, would you I be think like that's disgusting? Gross? Yes, I do. That's too many. When when does it just become a thing where you're like just insecure? Like you can't seem to figure it out. Like I just need I just need to be with a different person all the time. Like it becomes a problem. It's like it's like. I don't know. It's like being a hoarder. <laughs> it's like a mental issue. How is it like being, she's, she's, not, she's not, I mean, as we know, she's not keeping it. She's giving it back to some people, but. I mean, so most people don't even have 37 people that they know personally. That's not true. Okay. Okay. So acquaintances and friends, I'm talking about like somewhere in the middle there. You, you want to count to 37, Rick? Let's, let's sit here and count to 37 just as the time. One, two, no. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot. Okay. But well, I, you know what? You're I'm I'm not sitting here and judging people because you know I've done I've done I'm not saying I suck 37 dicks, but I've eaten 37 steak bombs in my life easily in a row. I mean, not in a row, but I've <laughs> eaten 37 
in a row. I'm surprised I'm not fucking dead. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, Matt Stoney could do that on YouTube, probably 37 steak bombs in a row. If you guys haven't checked him out, check his page out. He he eats a lot of food and he's very small and thin. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, well, I've I, I shouldn't say that because I don't know this particular, but I do know some of those competitors, competitive eaters do purge afterwards. Yeah, I don't know that. The, the, yeah, he's definitely uh, it's it's definitely crazy. But, you know, I don't know. I, th- I just think 37 of anything is a lot. Anything? Grains of rice? That's a lot. 37 grains of rice. Derek, I mean, you know, if, if you're if you're if you're on a low carb diet, you don't want that. You, you can't have that. If you're on keto, no, you can't have that rice. I mean, 37 grains of rice spread over. Like, what, what's the amount of time? Well, let's like, let's do the math on this. The actress was like 30 at the time of filming. Oh, man. So <laughs> I could see 37 dicks if you're like 75. No, come on. 30? So let's say she's, let's say what, she's. The, the average is she sucked more than one dick a year. What? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's probably, yeah, it's probably like two a year. Jesus. It's not that it's not that bad when you break it down that way. You know, I know we have people listening to this, and there's a few people I just want to know specifically. I'd love to know what people think about this. Chris, let us know what you think. <laughs> Chris, how I, many dicks have you? No, <laughs> I, I feel like Chris would kind of be on my side, but who knows? Who knows? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna speak for him. I'm just saying that everyone has a past. True that, and that's okay. And I'm not gonna judge anyone for the amount of dicks they've sucked. Yeah, but would you, Aaron, judge them? Hit them with a baseball bat and then yeah. go on strike. No. <laughs> hey man, that strike better end soon. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. See. <laughs> see in July, MLB. I'll see. Um, what's your number one scene? Um, the video store scene. Uh, you know, it's it's with you know, Randall, just berating this woman for no reason whatsoever. Um, she's just trying to find out about this movie, and he just doesn't give a shit. And it's it's amazing to me because like, I mean, I don't know how realistic that would be in real life, especially if this is, you know, how many people he does that to. But, you know, he my favorite line of the whole thing is like she's asking about two different movies and he's just like, I like this to stay out of people's business or something like that. <laughs> and it just doesn't mean it just makes no sense whatsoever, but he just does not care. And then and then the, the thing afterwards, like she leaves and Jay's, you know, and then, you know, Jay is like rooting him on. He doesn't even know what's happening. And Jay's like, yeah, outside. <laughs> Because he's just like, I don't want you back or whatever, whatever it was. But it, it's a pretty funny scene. So that's my number one. Yeah, love that scene. I I really wish that I had a video store job, like for when I was a teenager. It seems I, like a I, fun job. It does, like especially for 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 someone like me who's like really into movies. But I, I wish there was like a a mom and pop video store that I could have got a job at. Right. I'd do it now. Fuck it. I mean, I've had friends who've worked for like Blockbuster and stuff, and it just seems like a fun job. But then I hear things at the end of it where it's like so many video stores just throw things away and stuff, and it's just it's just a waste. But yeah, I mean, every job sucks in some level, but yeah. So my number one scene is the discussion of the climax of Return of the Jedi. Of course it would be. Of course it is, and I'll tell you why. Because this scene became so famous that George Lucas wrote the fucking end of one of his movies to answer the question of who was killed. He created an entire alien race and set the climax of episode two on this planet to be like, see, these little bug monsters got killed. 
not innocent contractors. And I just find that hilarious. But also, it is, when I say this movie is genuine, when I say this movie is like distilled Kevin Smith, this is not dissimilar from conversations I would have with my friends. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll talk about that then. Okay. Of like picking apart movies and picking about nerd shit? That stuff's okay. That's what I'm saying. But, okay, we'll, 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 we'll get there. All right. Okay. So that's my number of scene. That's what we liked about it. Let's go to what we didn't like about the movie. I'm going to start here and I'll just say the acting is not very strong in this movie. Mm, yeah. And that's, and I think that's almost too, like it almost works for this movie. It wouldn't work for every movie, mm-hmm. the level of acting, but this is just so of that time. Like it's such the slacker generation, generation X, all of that leads into it. But coming from it, it, it doesn't age super well. And some of the jokes and language and stuff is just like product of its time doesn't work now. Mm-hmm. But what uh what do you got? Well, well that is one of mine. And but I will say that and G and I both said this out loud. I think she said it first. She was like, she's like, I've noticed that the acting is getting better as the movie progresses. It's like they're getting more oh, comfortable yeah. in their role. She's like, I wonder if it was filmed in sequence because she's like, I feel I like they're getting, she just felt like, we just felt like they, they felt more comfortable as they were going. The dialogue was getting stronger and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I also felt like the acting was weak, but I also read into like, you know, Kevin Smith had to like sell his comics to make this movie. I'm sure he had a lot of budget issues and stuff. And like, we, well, yeah, we, it's like literally it's like his buddies for the most part. Like, yeah, and even the guy who plays Randall is um he's in Zack and Mary and he's like the camera guy. He's funny, but like you can tell he's not like a super strong actor. Yeah. Um, but they do the job, you know. They and, and the most important thing about that about this movie really is their dialogue together because if it doesn't feel believable, then yeah, it's not working. It actually but, I feel like made recasting super hard this time around because yeah, like yeah. it's tough, to, like it's like you want people in like their mid twenties, but it's like every actor right now working in their mid twenties, like every famous actor is like super glamorous and like, right. To be fucking, so it's just like, it's difficult. Yeah, but. it was tough. Um, but the, the, the one problem I had with this movie is that, and it, it kind of goes off of what you were saying. People think this movie is like super, super realistic. Um, maybe the dialogue with the friends is something that would happen. Like I would I didn't have, say, I never say we call it realistic because it's not, but it's genuine. The spirit is there. Gen- genuine's fine. Yeah. But as far yeah. as like, and again, this could have been what Kevin Smith was going for, but I was having problems with like, I kept saying after every two scenes like that would, who, who does, who, that would never happen. Like you can go to a funeral, like in the middle of it, your work shift. Like it, 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 I kept saying to G, I was like, this is a fantasy comedy to me because I feel like a yeah. lot of the things, it just, they just put the hockey thing up and then the roof. And it was like, what? But, and again, I kept saying to myself, maybe this is what Kevin was going for is like, this is, you know, my fantasy comedy of these two guys. And that's fine. But like, I kept saying it to myself and, and I kept saying to myself, is this a problem for me? Cause I keep saying this, it's not realistic. And even my favorite scene might not be really realistic. Cause like who talks to their customers that way? You know, I, obviously it happens yeah. sometimes, but like it was very intense. You know, I'm like, I don't care why you're here, you know. But um, I, I again, feel like it's yeah, I feel like it's very much like wouldn't if it's Kevin Smith who like worked at that convenience store, and like I feel like it was very much like wouldn't it be funny if? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I think that this movie works in the '90s, black and white, 
just the way it is. And, and it, you really, I don't think this movie would work as well if they did it nowadays. Oh um, yeah. It, it would be, it would be tough because the, again, it, it is, this movie maybe more than any movie we've done is a time capsule. Yeah. And I think, and I think mainly because it just has that spirit of the nineties, like bottled yeah. up. It's just hard to replicate that again, but um, yeah, those are just my, my, my little worst things, I guess. I, I've like, I have a, I, I kind of have thoughts on why that was the attitude at that time. And we, we kind of talk, I, I mean, I guess the other like super time capsule movie from a few years later that we covered is probably American Beauty because it was just like just the attitude of the time it came out. And that's 99, yep. this is 94. I think this is very much like these kids, like teenagers in the 80s, spent like their entire childhood being like the world could end at any second. And then it didn't. And now like why, like all their fucking like energy and care and worry had already been spent by the time they were like 20. Yeah. And to, and to kind of add on to that, and this could be, I mean, I was just thinking about this, as you said it, I'm trying to think of a reason as well, but like, I think also the music scene was really, really big into this because you know, you have these like hair metal bands in, in the 80s and they're all kind of energetic. And, and I guess in a lot of ways they were positive and a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And then grunge came along and was like the opposite of fun. Yeah. And I think it people were gravitating towards that. They're like, wow, this is finally something that I that I feel, you know, this is making right. me feel like, you know, so they can a lot of people could relate to this, like ripped jeans you know flannel you know thing thing that was happening and like these like really mundane lyrics and stuff and like people were like so i feel like the early to mid 90s it, it felt like kind of depressing and it maybe that was because of that as well maybe this it's a mix of like well we didn't die and grunge is the biggest thing in the world right now so yeah and it's like and in the end of the movie when dante and randall are having that talk it's like we and this kind of this extends into clerks too as well where it's like like what are we doing here like what are we doing with our lives right it's like we should we should be further along like things should be happening yeah and they just don't yep and you know and it's eventually like you have to you have to make things happen right um but anyway let's let's move on to metals let's talk about the people that uh really uh benefited from contributed to you know, who wins the movie here? So we go bronze, silver, gold each week, week of course. Uh, yeah, which I, I find is more interesting than the actual Olympics that just happened. But that's just me. Uh, who is your bronze medal winner? My bronze is a tie. Okay. I gave it to Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson. Okay. I think they, they're the perfect yin and yang. I think they, they kind of cancel each other out as far as personalities go. And I, like I said before, I think their dialogue got better as the movie progressed. And I, there were a couple of scenes where the dialogue was so fast. And for me, I think it was um, Brian, I think it was Dante's girlfriend in the beginning. I watch very closely and I turn to Gio and I go, I feel like she's just memorizing her lines and she's just going over them in her head. Um, but later in the movie with, with uh, Dante and Randall, I felt like the, the dialogue was a little bit more, genuine and real like they actually sunk in and were like passionate about what they were saying as you know what i mean so like i feel like some actors you know maybe may, may, may have been a cop out just kind of like, let me get the, let me get through this indie film or but i felt like they um 
they did they did a good job. You know, I felt like things were getting more genuine and real as it went. And I appreciate it. I think that, you know, of course, neither of these actors are household names um, by any means, but this is probably what they'll always be remembered for for the rest of their lives. And I think they did a, a serviceable and decent job. So they got my bronze. Yep, absolutely. Um, I, I, I think you're spot on there. My bronze, however, goes to Jason Mews, uh, of course, as, as Jay, who is just, he, Jason Mews, like, and he'll, he'll tell you, and Kevin Smith will tell you, like, really didn't become an actor until, like, Dogma. Like, every movie up to that point, they were just, like, they took him and they were just, like, point the camera at him and just do what he does. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of really tell in this. But I think he gets, I think he gets a medal because he is, like, endlessly fucking fascinating to, like, just watch. Yeah. And like he is just mile a minute, like you can't take your eyes off him. And he does get like a career off of this, which not every actor in the movie does. To right? Yeah. That he does. So and you know, get to love Jason Hughes. There's there was this great story recently. Like he's uh, an addict in in recovery, and he's been clean for quite some time now. But like he was on a podcast recently telling the story of like how Kevin Smith helped him like get clean. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I'm just so happy that like he's clean now. Yeah, right, right. Like, you gotta, you gotta love Jason. Yes. Absolutely, and and I love him as my silver. All right. Um, and and I agree with everything you said. And the one thing about him, he's just he has a weird sort of energy about him that I can't say for a lot of actors. But when he is on screen, he's almost unpredictable. Like, what is he gonna say next? What is he gonna do next? And uh, I I haven't seen him in one thing yet where I didn't find him completely like just great to watch. Right. Um, so this was kind of fun going back and seeing like the very early stages of his career and seeing where it would go from there. So he gets my silver. Yep. So my silver is, uh, is your bronze uh, tie between Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson. The chemistry between these two is like, it, you couldn't ask for more. Like, I think they bounce off each other so well to like, like, as you put they, they get better as they work more together. Yep. And they the each character without each other would be completely unbalanced right exactly right? like like uh dante would be like so fucking insufferably like whiny and randall would just be so annoying and fucking crass right but like put him next to each other like balances them out it's perfect yep absolutely uh, so uh gold i think naturally for both of us again goes to Al Pacino. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Al is that he he was unexpected in this movie and it was an early Al Pacino. So you get you get a very Michael Colleone in this, which I really really yeah. enjoy, but he did drink all the Gatorades. I know we we read about yeah. that, you know, and and that's uncalled for. If if Pacino was in this movie, what role would he be in? He'd probably be the guy who died in the bathroom. I I'm 100% in in agreement with you. <laughs> But but he wouldn't be dead quite yet, and he'd just be talking back to her while they're having sex, and he's like, yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just fuck Al Pacino in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we just talked about how we wouldn't be good at giving blowjobs, but I think that if Al Pacino, if he could convince me, I think I think I might be persuaded, you know, to do that for him. <laughs> Eric. Uh... Could you my, get me a porno from behind the counter? 
my boy, I noticed that your <laughs> gag reflex isn't too good. <laughs> he has like a uh, southern no, draw but, now. But yeah, he's he's very much going into Foghorn Leghorn there. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no gold is, is Kevin Smith, I assume. Yep, absolutely. Um, he, you know, it's and the, the big word I have here is is ambition. You know, he he had a vision for this movie. I, I like the black and white. I, I like the dialogue. I like the I like the way he put it together. I like the way each scene starts with a random word um, that, you know, and usually the words are like, wait, what? <laughs> what is this word? Um, I like that. I think it's interesting. I think that it's a, it's an interesting setup. Um, I, I think the editing was fine. I think whoever I think the person who said it, the editing wasn't good. I, I don't know if I agree with it necessarily. I think I feel like everything in that movie was meant to be that way. I feel like Kevin Smith is that guy who's just kind of like has a quirkiness to him. And he's like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And um, I think he gets, he needs the props for this, you know? So he's my gold. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, whatever you think of this movie, this was very much Kevin Smith being like, this is my one shot. Yeah. You know, this is years before that Eminem song. He's got, he's, he's, you know, his mom's spaghettiing all over this place. And <laughs> You know, this is like this is where he worked. This is, you know, he the reason they had to have the fucking thing pulled down is they're shooting at night, and like he, you know, he like sold a bunch of his shit to make this movie, and he put all of himself into it because, like I said before, he didn't think he was going to get another shot. Right, and you got to respect that one way or the other. Absolutely. So that's who we liked in the movie. Let's go to recasting. And I have Dante, I have Randall, and I have Veronica. Okay, just Dante and Randall for me. Okay, so my Veronica is Beanie Feldstein. Okay, I feel like I know the name. She was in, she's Jonah Hill's sister. Okay, yep. Yep, she's... Speaking of Bill Clinton, she was just playing Monica Lewinsky in uh, the FX series, uh, which she was excellent in. Um, she's in. Um, uh, uh, she's 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 great in everything. Yeah, uh, and I think she kind of has. She looks like a real person. <laughs> you know, she's. You know, and and yeah, I think everyone in this movie kind of looks like real people. Uh, so, let's go, Randall. Who do you have? This was tough. We talked about it earlier. It was difficult. So I went with actors who probably a little bit older than mid twenties, but I think maybe right in that same age group. But sure. Um, I went with Christopher Mintz plus. I can see it. Yeah. Um, he's annoying, but he's a funny annoying. And I feel like he'd be that kind of like, I, one, one thing I could picture him doing is just lying on top of the counter, reading a magazine and just ignoring the person that comes in. Right. And he has an annoying stuffiness to his voice. And he's just like, I don't care. Like, oh, okay. And like, I just, that was the first thing I thought of. I went through a few different actors, but he's kind of the one I landed on. So I, I kind of like that. Yep. So for Randall, I went with uh, Ethan Kutkowski, uh from Shameless. Okay. Uh, I think he kind of has the uh, kind of fuck you attitude. Yep. Part of it down. I could definitely see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this this was this is a tough movie to, you know, and to to recast. Like I said, because it's like, you know, it's you try to look of like, okay, like actors in you know of this age, and it's like, you know, the usual crew. It's fucking Tom Holland. It's fucking, yeah, you know. and, yeah, and 
Tom Holland came up for me a few times for this for for Dante and 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 Gia kept vetoing it, saying that like number one, you use him too much, and number yeah. two, I don't think so because of you know she's like well, she's like think yeah. about it think about it career wise. No, it makes you know sense. what I mean? Like Spider-Man, Spider-Man, all these big movies, he goes down to doing like a role like this. But I'm like, that would be kind of cool so, if he did. But, you know, that's actually like accidentally segued myself. So I'm going to give you my my Dante, uh, not Tom Holland, but someone who is in those Spider-Man movies. And that is Tony Revolori. And he plays Flash Thompson in those movies. Flash Thompson? Yep. He is the bully of Peter. Oh, Okay who's a big Spider-Man fan. He's yeah. also in uh, a few Wes Anderson movies okay. as well. And he's a great actor. He's He kind of has like a couple of leading roles, but I, I think he, he he can do very, I mean, he's he's very versatile. He can do put on uh, very much like uh, like Dante could. So I think that would work. Right. So who's your, uh, who's your Dante? Uh, a little different because he's definitely a very handsome actor. And I think that, G at first was like, are you sure? And I'm like, I don't think it matters if he's handsome or not, because you can still be handsome and be depressed and unsure of yourself. So I actually went with Joe Carey. You know, I actually considered him for Randall. Okay. I could see him for kind of for both, but yeah. I, I, for some reason I could picture him kind of behind the counter with the cigarettes and stuff and just kind of being like, you know, this monotonous sort of situation. And, uh, and then I thought of Christopher Mintz Plus just kind of pissing Joe Carey off the entire movie. And I kind of liked it. So I kind of went in that direction. Absolutely. Again, this is a tough because, like, again, it's like, you know, actors born in fucking 1998, you know? Right. And it's like, I'm just going to put that in Google just to, just to read the names. I, and I feel like when we do this, you know, we, we set and I'm starting to realize how, like the slim pickings of some age groups in Hollywood. Yeah. There's not a lot but, to choose from as far as like big names, but yeah. But it's like yeah, actors born that year and it's like, L Fanning and like just all these people that just don't fit in this movie whatsoever. Right, like. right. But I mean that that also goes to show like comedies. There's there's not a lot of comedies like this right now. Right. It's just kind of not in favor. It'll come back eventually, I'm sure. You know, especially with uh, you know with with so many fucking streaming services there's going to be like these young actors and actresses that get, oh yeah yeah get these comedic roles and eventually one's going to hit right it's just a matter of time but this is just not we're not in that world right now unfortunately yep so uh do you have anything for miscellaneous um the only thing i really wrote down was that kevin smith had sold his comics to make the movie and i kept picturing i kept i kept comparing kevin smith to quentin tarantino in this sort of like quentin's first movie was was reservoir dogs and it was like his dream to make this movie and stuff like that and um and reservoir dogs has a very different feel than the other tarantino movies i feel like yeah it's it's you know mostly uh filmed in one location probably for budget reasons and then you have this kevin smith movie that was basically filmed around the same area as well so i compared the two and just kind of like I wonder if they went through the same things budget wise and 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 yeah. you know you know this is um I feel like this movie very much is part of that wave of like of Tarantino of like Richard Linklater in the 90s um 
you know, Kevin Smith's a big part of that. And it really goes to like, these budgets get like whittled down and whittled down and whittled down because this is getting to a point where like, I, I feel like if Kevin Smith were 20 years younger, we'd be seeing him as like a YouTube guy. Yep. Because he would have had that creative outlet and the, the, um, like the equipment was a bit like is more readily available mm-hmm. now, you know, like I could, I could very much see this movie as like a series of 10 to 15 minute YouTube videos. Yep. Yeah, sure. You know, um, you know, like, this is my dumb job as a clerk. Right. You know, it, it's, but that's kind of what this was. And in, in the nineties, this is how that stuff sort of, expresses itself right and it goes right up into the late 90s as well where it's like the most extreme example of it's like Blair Witch where it's just like we just go run around the woods with our like shitty camera and we make hundreds of millions of dollars yep so that's just what the 90s is so yeah. I, I do have one thing miscellaneous and um this is the very first uh the, the very beginning of the viewers universe the Jane Silent Bob series I'm gonna bring you forward in time to the very end, the, the most recent, before Clerks 3, which is happening. Um, but the most recent, as of recording, moment in the, the Viewers universe is the post credit scene in Jay and Silent Bob reboot, in which a mystery is solved when Jay admits that for 25 years, He's been jamming the lock of the shutter with bubblegum. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> That's so good. Yep. So let's, uh, let's go to the Oscars. This is a year that we've covered many a time. Most recently, I believe, with Forrest Gump. Yeah. Uh, uh, right off is, the... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's, this is a year of fucking sharks. Uh, I was gonna say to think that this movie stands a chance to to win any Oscars or be nominated. No, is, no. this is a rough yeah, but, I mean, year. Best picture, no. Yeah. Like, it's just acting. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, no. Acting, no. Script. Let's 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 look at screenplay. Okay. Like original screenplay. Um. Pulp Fiction wins. Bullets over Broadway. Four Weddings and a Funeral, Heavenly Creatures, and Red. Three colors red. Uh, Tough because all those movies are so different from this. Yeah. I feel like there should be... Wouldn't it be interesting if there was a category in the Oscars? I mean, the Oscars are fucking taking categories away, which is absolute bullshit. Mm. Let's let's have an Oscars moment here, okay? Because this story broke between the, the last time we recorded and this time. There's like major categories like the short film categories the like um editing like pretty major categories they're just not going to show the awards being given out right. on the, the broadcast and here's my thought anyone who's still watching the oscars me included is watching for that stuff you know like how many 
people do you think are like on the fence of watching the Oscars? Like you, you might be this person because you're like, would you, is if they were able to cut the Oscars down from, let's say it's like three, three and a half hours at this point, the, the broadcast, right? If they were able to cut it down to two to two and a half hours, would that make a difference in whether or not you watch it? Not me, no. Yeah, not, I don't think, so here's what I think. If, 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 I, if I'm in, I'm in that, with, with that, you yeah, know? I, that's what I'm saying. If anything, they need to add more fucking categories. So I suggest a best picture with a budget under $1 million. Okay. A new category. Or, uh, you know, put under $5 million. Yeah, it, it, it's, a good, it's a good thing because how are those movies supposed to compete? Right. And it gets more attention on stuff that maybe people haven't seen or haven't heard of. And I hate to do this because, you know, I know we got off in tangents, but it kind of reminds me of, of a, a, rec- a previous episode we've done where we did Moneyball where, like, the Oakland Athletics didn't have the budget. They couldn't compete with the Yankees and the Red Sox. That's a great point. But And, and what's, what's happening now with, the, with, the, with Major League Baseball, of course, is a, the strike. So, I mean, it, it makes sense to add that category. I agree. And, you know, I... I think that, and, and it can certainly be, you know, nominated for best picture as well, you know, but to me, I watch the, it's quite the S noise I made, uh, to me, I watch the Oscars to like celebrate movies, Yeah, you know, and every type of movie. Yeah, you know, I, I almost think there should be like, the you vote for the like every genre has its own category and then the winners of those categories are what goes to best picture yep make it happen that way have That'd like cool, a low yeah. budget category a horror category a comedy character a category drama like and you name it have 20 more categories and at the end of the night it's like we're gonna vote now like the people here the people in the academy are voting for what the best picture is. Yeah, I like of, it. Of the I, winners. It's it, it, it's it's very democratic. Yeah. Earn and it. not you, and not just not based the, off yeah. of popularity contest of yep. whatever. If you're not the best drama of the year, you can't be nominated over the best horror movie of the year. Right. That's 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 how that's what I'm saying. Right. And that in that category, that that micro budget category would have been perfect in uh, you know in in the nineties, especially. And I feel like the, the Grammys have, 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 have almost done it right. Where like, they have the categories now of like best jazz record, best classical record, best rap, best rock. That's better, you know, for me to, to think that like, I don't want to see uh, my favorite indie bands going up against Taylor Swift. It's not really fair. Right. You know what I mean? So the, I mean, yeah, like music is even, it's so broad. It is. Yeah. You know, compared like, what makes a good song. I mean, there are certain, like there are certain markers in movies that it's like, it almost makes it easier to say like, okay, like this wasn't as effective, but music I think is very open, more open to interpretation. Yeah, certainly. That's been the award show portion of the podcast. (laughs) Uh, And let's not even get started on the fucking Emmys. Oh yeah. 
We'll start uh, going. We'll start talking about the Tonys for God's sake. I, I don't have very many Tony takes. But I'm <laughs> in if you have any, no, not really. <laughs> I don't know who watches. Who's I your mean, favorite I, EGOT? Let's go. I like musicals, but I've never seen the Tonys in my entire my life. My favorite EGOT winner is Mel Brooks. Right. <laughs> um, number two is Rita Moreno. Um, so that's uh, that's the Oscars. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a weird movie to to like talk about awards because it's so influential in a lot of ways so i feel like it should be recognized and it is like it is in the like library of congress for being like a significant movie is yeah right but it's it's tough to be like this is what works about it right yeah uh all right so what are you eating with this movie there's actually a lot of options i'm probably gonna have some cigarettes just gonna eat some cigarettes yeah menthol eat some menthol so you not like what, eggs not the perfect dozen eggs what do you think are you thinking eggs no so here's what i'm eating i'm eating convenience store snacks okay like hostess Licorice. cupcakes and oh look okay red, like yeah hostess cupcakes cupcakes red vines like not even the good like the top of the line candy you, like wait wait wait, wait. back up back up back up yeah i was at the dollar store today yeah and i walked by and saw twizzlers and then next to them, I saw Red Vines. And it was the oh, first time I'd ever seen that in my entire life. And I said out loud, what the fuck are Red Vines? You've never seen Red Vines? I've before? never seen them before. I guess I, I must just not they, even pay attention. Are those the generic Twizzlers? No, no, they're their own brand. Oh, but okay. there's, like, there's like a lower class, I feel like, of convenience store snacks that are like Red Vines, Circus Peanuts. Like, <laughs> Those those types where it's just like they can't stand up to Twizzlers. You know, now that we're on this conversation, what are those? Okay, so because me and you, we went to the same school. We know all about lunch snacks. Yeah. Because and if you were that extra change, you wanted to get a couple of zebra cakes or whatever they had available. Sure. Sure. What are those? What are those ones that they come individual? They're like round and they're chocolate. They're like fudge rounds, I think. Remember fudge rounds? Fudge rounds. Not by name. I'll send you a picture later, and I promise it won't be Munster's Cupcakes. Love a Munster's Cupcake. Dude, the, 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 the different, like, orange frosting on it, like, that, for me as a kid, that was very influential to me. Knowing Fudge that. Rounds. Okay. And I used to have them in high school and stuff. Now, when I go to the convenience store and I, I have it, and I just need something chocolatey, I'm looking for Fudge Rounds. I'm just saying. See, I'm not going to Fudge Rounds. I did look it up. Probably not my. Not your thing? Not my number one choice. What is but your number I, one? I, do, I mean, of like the Hostess Cupcake family. You're not even just Hostess, just 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 give me, you know, oh, you're, like, you're, you know th- that family, little Debbie, Hostess, little Debbie Drake, Drake's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, I, I, I will say Fudge Rounds is not my number one. It's just something that I like. I love it. I love a Cosmic Brownie. You know what? Cosmic Brownies are good. Yeah. I, I, I actually. Wish that I had changed my band name to the Cosmic Brownies and gotten oh. sued. I, I missed out on that opportunity. I'll tell you what, Cosmic Brownies are so good, but this is going to sound kind of weird. I feel like I'm the only person who like really digs these, but Funny Bones. I like a Funny Bone. You see, Funny Bone though is like you need milk. You yeah, need yeah. I mean, it's Cosmic I, I, Brownie too, but I feel like that can kind of stand on its own. We went so. Yeah, I there's a uh, a bakery. Uh, in our area that recently opened up uh, right off the highway and 
they had they have like different cookies every week. It's yep. like it's a it's all they do is cookies. Okay. And they had a fucking cosmic brownie cookie. Mm, that sounds it good. Incredible. It was yeah. like at the end of last year, they had like the top cookies of the year. And like that was one of them. I think the Cheesecake Factory should do a cosmic brownie cheesecake. Hell of an idea. You, you know, two weeks ago I went food shopping. Gia's favorite, you know, and we tried it. You know, you can go to supermarket. You got to stay away from the bad shit. Everybody knows you don't go to supermarket yeah. when you're hungry. We went yeah. hungry when we were hungry. And it's a mistake. Gia's favorite thing of all time is a Swiss roll. And I, I love Swiss rolls as well. But she grabbed a box of Swiss rolls. I grabbed a box of funny bones. And she's like, what, who the hell eats funny bones? And I said, I want you to watch this week. If you grab one, I'm going to be very pissed off at you. And what, you know, what do you know? She eats one and she's like, okay, yeah, they're pretty good. I'm like, see, I told you people I mean, put down funny bones. Higher end, like a whoopie pie is like, it's phenomenal. You know what? People put down devil dogs because they're dry. Give they're me a little dry. I'll, I'll eat 15 devil dogs in a row with no water or no milk. I don't care. That's I'll, dangerous. I'll try that's, dangerous. <laughs> that's, like, that's like, that's like on the verge of the cinnamon challenge. Yeah. <laughs> we just, Derek, like you're dead in a couple of weeks. Like, how'd he die? He ate 16 devil dogs. You know, that's a great story, <laughs> though. If, no I'm, milk. if I'm going out, I'm going out that way. Devil dogs resting on his lips. On, his, on my tombstone, is just like, please spread the story. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the, the, the video of the woman uh, talking to the Russian soldier and just being like, put this, put this devil dog in your pocket so it grows when you die on my land. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Unbelievable. Devil dogs. Yeah, they're misunderstood. They're a little dry, but I do like that cream. I like the cream. I, I just wish the cake was a little bit more moist. I do. I do. I wish it wasn't as dry. Yeah, I'm gonna have to talk to them. Who, who makes devil dogs? Is that Drake's? I think it is Drake's. Come on, Drake. Drake's Drake's devil dogs. <laughs> See, it's funny when you say Drake's anything, the first thing you think of is coffee cake. And we will talk about that next week. <laughs> Because someone's face looks like a Drake's coffee cake in that movie. <laughs> Devil dog. I think it's Drake's. I could picture the box. I think I think you're right. Yeah, it is Drake's. It's just That's... but I, I googled Devil dogs and it was just like a bunch of non-Drake's items. Yeah, popped up. Um, there there are some people that will stand up in the same category for Nutty Bars. I like nutty, but I mean, you know what? I'm not picking like them off the top of my list, though. Yeah, when it comes to that stuff, though, like just give me anything, I'll eat it and I'll be happy. <laughs> sure. Anything you know? chocolate, cream that I can have milk with. Yeah, even like um, what are those? Remember like the pecan ones? Those are pretty good for like a breakfast thing. Um, the, the pecan rolls or whatever. Okay. I think what I'm they're not, called. I'm not super familiar with them, but oh, you know what they were. If I see your picture, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I'm I think, sure I'm, I think I'm saying it wrong, but uh. Yeah, there's not many that I that I'd say no to. Oh man, I can go for a uh, one of those like brownie Christmas trees. There you go. That's that's where God, it's at. Goddamn. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that you know you know you know what we really want is some dry ass Italian Christmas cookies. I'll yeah, I'll do them. Just give me just give me a glass <laughs> of milk. I'm down. You know what? Down down the line, if if Rick and I ever decide to like film an episode of, of us live, like actually like put it up on YouTube or something. And we end up doing a movie like this. Me and Rick are just going to go balls to the wall, hundred dollars worth of the convenience store, and just see what happens. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah. you're just, just going to watch me become the guy from Seven, the gluttony guy. <laughs> Nobody's going to watch it because we're just going to be like, oh, we're so good. Oh. Uh, so yeah, that's been our that's been our uh, convenience store snack half hour. Yep. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so now we come finally to the most important part of the podcast. And that is when I put 30 seconds on the clock. And Derek tells us why our subject for the week is the greatest movie of all time. Derek, are you ready? Yes. Three, two, one, go. Clerks, Kevin Smith, 1994. Is this one of the kings of indie films of the 90s? It's a possibility. It's definitely up there. It's a, it's a nice little indie film. It's very well crafted. I love the black and white. I love the dialogue. It's very well made. It's, it's a cool little fantasy comedy, in my opinion. And I recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it because it puts you back in the 90s. All right, 25 seconds. Excellent job. You didn't insult anyone. I'm very proud of you. It was hard for me not to. But I think next week I'm going to insult a lot of people. You insult a lot of people? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's been our episode on Clerks. Welcome to the show, Kevin Smith. We love you. Come yep. on the show. Come on Kevin, the show. Come on the show. I think that's more realistic than Steven Spielberg, maybe. But um, <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk about what we have coming up. And next week begins, of course, the Pesci Challenge. Yeah. Where we get a little bit more Pesci every week. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be. Wait a minute, Rick. Wait a minute, Rick. You were serious about that? I was. Okay. Next week, a Bronx Tale. Yes. Followed by Casino. Oof. Followed by My Cousin Vinny's featuring my brother Anthony. Here we go. And then we're going to round off the month of March with a. uh, We're transitioning from a Pesci challenge into. De Niro delight, a delightful De Niro. <laughs> when we uh, we have three De Niro's in a row. No, well, no, we don't. It's not Mike and Vinny. What the hell am I talking about? Right. Well, we get we get a lot of De Niro. Well, and we Bobby, get a little well, uh, Bobby Money. Little Bobby Money, and uh, is that the, our perennial gold medal winner, Al Pacino? Yes. Of course, we round off the month. And of course, De Niro, Pacino, the good one, Heat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very Italian month. Yeah, it is. It's a very Italian month is March. Uh, And and you know what? De Niro's only Italian in one of those movies. It's funny. He doesn't. People have this idea that De Niro's Italian and everything. He's, he's not. mostly Irish. Yeah, he's Jewish in Casino. He's Irish in Goodfellas, and he's uh, he's just he's Irish again in Heat. I think his yeah. last name is an Irish name. So yeah, so interesting stuff. Well, Pacino is Italian every time. Yeah, um, all the time, every time. So that's our it's our mega fucking fucking Goomba month. Yeah, uh, I love for, it for March, and. Uh, yeah, can't for, wait. for for St. Patrick's Day, yeah, St. Patrick's Month. You know, me and Rick went just full blood Italian. We did, we did, yes, <laughs> not on purpose, but you know what? It it works for us. Hey, it works. Um, yeah, and then uh, and then uh, April is going to be real fun. May is going to be real fun. June also very fun. We get lots of great <laughs> stuff coming up. Yeah, we do. August. Yeah, I'm going to have to replace some of the movies I have listed because I'm thinking about some other ones, but I'll do it down the line so it's not going to interfere with anything. No, let me know as early as possible. I I, I mean, I'm curious. No, I mean, Uh, like, I'll do it for later movies down the line, but I'll tell you about it now. Yeah, 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 so we don't interfere with anyone's now. All right. But yeah, we we are very much uh, looking forward to what we have planned for the future. Um, 
I, of course, have been your beloved co-host and co-worker, Rick Barrasso. And I have been the one, the only, Big Deck Boski. Huss. To call back to the, to the beginning of the episode. Yeah, 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 the, 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 the Berserker. Most people don't know what that is. Only the cool people know. Look it up. Okay. Keep watching, everyone. <laughs>